Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Voices of Santa Clara podcast. I'm your host, Malachi Finn, and today we have one of the many bright individuals from the Black community of Santa Clara University, Brianna Medicu. Uh, so can you introduce yourself to the audience and give a little background about yourself, maybe your major, where you're from? Of course. Yes. Yes, of course. So hey, guys, as Malachi said, my name is Brianna. I am a junior at Santa Clara University. I'm from Los Angeles, California, but, you know, specifically the city of Pasadena. Um, My major, I'm a psych major, and I am a Spanish and public health double minor, but I am, you know, on the pre-med track currently. Hopefully we'll be staying on that track, but, you know, we'll see where the future takes me. But yeah. All right. Awesome. And it's great to have you. So for this series, we wanted to speak to some bright black individuals and and give a little introspective look for our audience to see what it is we have to offer, our movements, our our goals, messages that we want to push forward. So so the first question I have for you is a college education is immensely important and beneficial to success in professional settings. However, why is a degree valuable to you intrinsically as a person of color? Wow. Well, you know, I kind of for a very long period of time in my life was very, you know, set on getting a degree and I, and it wasn't really mostly for myself. It was kind of because I felt like if I didn't have it, you know, people are already going to perceive me as like lesser than or, you know, not as intelligent as like my other white counterparts. And so I really felt a lot of pressure to pursue higher education, um, mainly because of this. But then kind of as I got older, I realized that getting a degree was something that was more important for myself. You know, I feel like I've been given so much opportunity that a lot of people don't get, that a lot of people in our community don't get. And so I felt like it was extremely important that I pursue it um, and get a degree just to kind of prove to myself that, you know, I can do this, even though a lot of the odds are against me, are against people that look like me, you know, um, I'm still able to, to do it. And so that's why you know, I kind of decided to um, get a higher education, why I think it's extremely important for um, myself to continue and to hopefully achieve it. Awesome. Yeah, and I agree. So my question is, like, in that same vein, why did you choose the STEM field in particular? Was that influenced by any decision or was just that a passion of yours? Okay, so, like, being in medicine is something that always intrigued me. Like, I just felt that there's the field of medicine is so large you know what I mean like I could go into anything and so I've kind of always been interested in medicine it started out with more of like a psychology thing and then as I got older I was kind of like wait like there's so many other areas I could go into other than psych like no shade to any psych majors um because I am one myself but but yeah and I also just felt like STEM was something that was so unique that was so different you know that I you know, I always looked up to people who kind of were in this field and I was I just thought that it was really amazing. And, and, and I felt like, you know what, like, why not try it? You know, if anybody else can do it, I can definitely do it myself. Um, but yeah, that it's just and, and then and then kind of a greater reason, really one of the main reasons that I am pursuing medicine, kind of what just like keeps me going is um, I don't think I mentioned this, but I'm looking to pursue um, a career in obstetrics. So I want to be like an OBGYN mm. slash gynecologist. And, you know, 
in doing a lot of research, and I'm sure that you know yourself, you know, there's a very high risk for black women who are pregnant. Um, And, you know, I think this this statistic is something like they're three times more likely to die during childbirth or something insane like that. And so I felt like it's kind of my duty, you know, as a black woman who has this opportunity to study higher education, to pursue something that can, you know, benefit my community. You know what I mean? There's a lot of um, issues in the medical field, especially racial issues. And, you know, even though I'm just one person, um, if I can, you know, see one more black family and make them feel comfortable and treat them with all the respect and care that they deserve, then I feel like I'm doing my part. And so, yeah. That's awesome. I definitely agree. When you have someone that looks like you or, or has the same background as you, it definitely makes you feel more comfortable, right? So yeah. that's also a prominent reason why I want to go into business and marketing because being a marketing director or a marketing manager, being this specific position, you have control to pretty much contact or, or spearhead multiple departments in a company. And therefore, I can speak for those that are underrepresented exactly. and, and show the youth <laughs> that you can go into STEM fields or professional fields, things that we usually or typically aren't, aren't I would say, uh, in, inclined to go into, right? Exactly. So I think this is that's why it's important for all of us, especially to to represent those values and, and core values right yeah and it's like you know i i talk to and i even think about my own experience but i talk to my friends and i'm like how many of y'all have ever had a black doctor you know what i mean like and very few of them have or it's just like how now many that i think people... about it i have never exactly <laughs> right i've only had a black doctor one time one time and it was like an urgent care i went to go see somebody at urgent care and then i don't know it's just it, that that just really struck me and i just felt like you know i want to be that doctor for that little black girl you know or, or black woman who the first time they see me and they're like oh my god like you yeah. know this is the first time i've ever had a black doctor and as you said it just kind of makes people feel more comfortable you know to see their own kind and and there was even there was i was reading this article in the new york times that was talking about um this subject exactly and, it, and there's a lot of studies that show that you know like black people need black doctors um, because a lot of black doctors are more likely to administer better care to mm. black patients um, as opposed to, you know, like white doctors. And so, yeah, that, that probably makes sense. Yeah, it has a correlation. For yeah. Sure. yeah. All right. Why did you choose to attend Santa Clara University? <laughs> and what has been your experience as a black student attending a predominantly white institution? Well, um, I have gone to predominantly white institutions for a majority of my life. And so I was kind of prepared, you know, for Santa Clara. I had a little bit of an idea of what to expect. But I will say that Santa Clara actually was my last choice of school <laughs> um, because I was really focused on getting out of that, like this bubble. And I think college itself is a bubble no matter where you go. But, you know, I was tired of being the one black girl in the classroom. I, I just felt like I couldn't really deal with it anymore and at my high school like it was me and this other girl who happens to be my best friend to this day but we were the only black girls in the class and that kind of sucked so I just wanted to kind of turn away from that which is why I did not want to attend Santa Clara because I knew it would be you know the same thing that I've that I've been used to you know um but I ended up choosing Santa Clara because of the scholarship that they gave me I felt like you know if the career that I am envisioning and pursuing is is going to be, you know, next 10, 12 years of my life, a lot of bills, a lot of money. And so I was kind of like, I have to be smart about it. 
And, you know, my undergraduate is just four years. And so I'm going to pick up the place that is honestly giving me the most money. And that's why I chose Santa Clara. But in terms of my experience as a black woman at this school, I'm not going to lie. It has been extremely rough. My freshman year, I definitely, you know, was not the happiest. Um, It took me a pretty long time to get adjusted. And I give that adjustment, you know, to I give that credit to Igwe completely. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it was hard. You know, it was kind of the same thing that I was used to, but it was just on a grander scale because it's college. There's 10 times more people right. and it just was more microaggressions, more pressure, you know, and a lot of the classes that we were taking our freshman year were, um, how do I say, like, were more... I guess they, well, okay, so the specific class that I took my freshman year was called the Black Experience, okay? And so That's it was... like a, a class, like a course you can choose, yeah, really? no, Yeah, it was, no, it was one of the, um, I forgot, one of the required ones, like the CNIs or, or whatever they're called. Mm-hmm. Um, and so ours was called the Black Experience, and it was me and two other girls. Um, we were the only Black girls or Black people in that class, and so you kind of can imagine you know, the type of conversations that we're having and how we were kind of like the opposition and had, you know, just the task of, along with our teacher, but trying to explain things to people. And so it was tiring. And I felt like that kind of was a representation of like my first couple of years at Santa Clara, just always feeling the need to explain myself or prove myself to people because of these like preconceived notions that they had of me. But I would say now, because I found my people, (laughs) I found my group, um, I'm definitely a lot more comfortable, but I will say that my experience has not been the greatest. Yeah, it sounds and it's definitely something that I would believe to be prominent at a predominantly white institution, because as yeah. we know, as you stated before, we're probably used to being one of the few black students in the classroom that's excelling or or just having the spotlight on us due to preconceived notions. Exactly. And, and now it's, it's true. We did choose this institution, but there are different ways in which we have to find uh, a way to implement ourselves and, and to feel comfortable. And I think mm-hmm. Igwe has definitely done that for you and me yes. and just finding <laughs> people that we can relate to. And, and it's not doesn't mean that we can relate to other ethnicities, but it's just of like course. when you have your people it's it's a different connection, right? It's a to- it's a different feeling, you know, because I feel like I like I I'm the type of person that I'm usually myself no matter where I go, you know, I'm loud and I'm proud about it. Um, <laughs> but you know, sometimes you still kind of feel like you have to pull back when you're in certain settings because you know I like to tell myself that I don't care about you know people stereotyping me, but sometimes I do, you know, and so it's nice to have found you know a group of people that I consider like my family that just understand me because we've all been through it, you know, um, and it's definitely the support system that I needed because if I did not have Igwe, um, if I did not meet other black strong beautiful women um, at Santa Clara, I do not think I would have stayed there. So yeah. Wow. Mm. Yeah. So it's definitely impactful. Yeah. <laughs> Do you feel that the university has accommodated to your needs effectively, whatever those needs may be? Um, why or why not? I, I think the school has a lot of work to do. Um, I personally do not think that they have accommodated my specific needs as, you know, a black student. I feel like our support, I feel like our only source of support is truly our club, our black student union. 
Um, I do not feel like the school has made enough effort to reach out to us. You know, we don't have a lot of resources on campus that we can go to. Our really, our main resource is really, you know, you know, if, if you're in Nesby or if you're in L L B L A L B L A is that is that what it's called? L B B A. Yeah, L B B A. My bad. And then, um, or like Igwe. Um, I think recently, you know with all of the things that have been going on, even though they've been going on forever, but now the world wants to wake up. Um, I think the school has made an effort. Um, I still don't think it is enough, but, you know, time will only tell. Like, what I'm speaking to recently is um, kind of some of our conversations that we've had, the the board, well, the old board of Igwe, with um, some of the administration and, and Father O'Brien kind of voicing our concerns to them about being a black students on campus. And then also just like, you know, the school's relationship with the police department and how that they're ensuring that, you know, we're safe and like all of that. So I, I appreciate, you know, the steps that they've taken now. It does anger me that it takes, you know, yet another um, black man being murdered to kind of wake them up. But you know, hopefully, hopefully in the future, they kind of put more effort into these clubs because at the end of the day, you know, oh, and actually the other thing that I wanted to say was that the the population of black students on campus contributes largely to the fact that our needs are not met because there's just simply not enough of us. And in order for there to be more of us, they need to make it more accommodating for black students, you know, put more money into the multicultural center, make it something that's appealing, give us programs, like help us, um, help work with us, you know, when it comes to outreach with, um, you know, high schools in the area or, or whatever it is. But, um, yeah, no, I do not think Santa Clara has met my needs. I do think that they definitely have a lot more work to do, but I think that they currently have started, um, it's a positive start so far. But I just want to see how long it how long it goes. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. And you kind of touched on my next question, actually. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Considering that the black students at Santa Clara University are a relatively small percentage of the school's population. Mm -hmm. Do you feel an obligation to be a profound voice for the black students at Santa Clara University? Oh, my gosh, definitely. A hundred percent. I feel like I feel like when you are the minority anywhere, you kind of just feel I forgot what the name is. I don't know if it's like race fatigue or something, but you just feel pressure to not only show out for your people but to be a voice for them and and you know I've always kind of been you know people always would make fun of me you know at elementary school and high school calling me like the social justice warrior but I'm so proud of that you know I think it's amazing to be able to have a voice and to stand up for your people um because you know it's not easy forever and I'm not saying that I'm you know you know top of the top because I'm not but um, it's definitely not easy to speak out about things. And, you know, if you can be a voice and, and show people that you that you're proud and you're loud and you're confident, then that can just inspire like, you know, other black people to do the same. And so um, I love being a voice for, for our community and I will continue to do so because <laughs> we definitely need it. We definitely do. Yeah. Because, I mean, like growing up, I've always felt that 
a black leader and black figures are so important for us to feel as though we're connected or we're powerful, right? Mm -hmm. And it's just so unfortunate that most of our black leaders in the past were executed, assassinated. Yeah. And you can tell that it was a motive to control the voices or control a group of people so that they can stay in these, uh, like I would say, excluded or confined spaces, mental spaces, right? So... Just with these these recent events, we've all know that's been happening, as you stated before, but just the, the highlight or or the amount of people that are focusing on it and trying to make a difference is going to go a long way uh, for us and, and for the next generation and the incoming students. Right. So that's the thing. And I feel like, you know, even though to, even though it's not, you know, our responsibility, I, I do definitely feel like we kind of have to, you know, pave the way for the next generation make sure that this campus becomes something even though we're only here for four years you know in those four years really try and push for greater change within our community because nobody else is going to do that for us but us honestly yeah. it should be on the administration and and you know all of these adults and teachers at our school and some definitely do play their part but unfortunately a lot kind of turn a blind eye to it um, but it's kind of on us if we want it to change. And it, it's unfortunate that that's how it is. But at the end of the day, I don't really think I would trust anybody else to, <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, anybody else to enact that change. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree. So for those that are unfamiliar, what is Igwe and why is this organization an important part of your life as a black student? Mm -hmm. um, so Igwe is our Pan-African club on campus. Um, so what that kind of means is it's, you know, we we're an all inclusive um, club. So it's different from like, you know how a lot of colleges have like, they'll have like their NSA, which is like their Nigerian Student Association, or they have like their Black Student Union. Like we're like a, a big mix of that. So, you know, Pan-Africans, so that's Black Americans, Africans in general. Um, but Igwe is extremely important to me, as I touched on earlier, you know, this club is what really I feel like made me um, stay at Santa Clara. It gave me the support that I needed. You know, I'm um, African, I'm, I'm Ghanaian, and I've never had, you know, other African friends like this. And so that was something that was actually really helped me personally become more kind of in touch with my culture and want to be more in touch with my culture. But um, I think Igwe is a beautiful club because of the way that, you know, we celebrate who we are. It's a safe space for me. I feel like I can come, you know, after a bad day at school, after a day where, you know, the microaggressions were just flying left and right um, and just come in there and just talk with people and talk with people who won't invalidate my experience because that is something that's one of the main things that's been really frustrating. I feel like for a majority of my life with a lot of people that I've known is that, you know, when I do have things like these like things happen to me that are racially motivated and I just want to talk about it and just, you know, air it out. People are so quick to jump on the train of like, oh, well, like, you don't know if that's that's why or like, oh, like you're you're being too dramatic about it. And, you know, with with ego, it's like a family. Everybody understands what I'm going through. I don't have to over explain myself to anybody. And it just feels really empowering and motivating to be around a group of black students who are all reaching, you know, to get their degree that are all trying to, um, you know, be professionals. And I love it. Like, I, I just love Igwe. And <laughs> um, yeah, I definitely credit a lot of my 
positive experiences at Santa Clara to that club. Right. So what is or or was your role at e- for Igwe and what impact mm-hmm. has the organization had on the black community as a whole at SCU? So my role Okay, so my freshman year, I was a freshman representative, which was such a fun job because it was basically just like getting the freshmen super hyped and like excited and really making sure that they, you know, are kind of like integrated with the black community. And my um, sophomore year, I was Love Jones coordinator. And so I basically, you know, just thank you. (laughs) Thank you. I'm kind of sad I couldn't throw a last show, but um I, I was really excited about it but yeah I was Love Jones coordinator and so basically it's like you know a huge talent show that you know I put on three times a year um to just kind of celebrate the talent at Santa Clara but also it's the purpose of the show which I think I tried to do a little bit more this year but definitely need some work is to really make the school know that this is a show put on by the black community you know what I mean yeah. having more black performers on campus um but yeah so that was kind of my role in Igwe and I think I feel like my kind of like unofficial role even though I was Love Jones coordinator last year um it, it was kind of like I, I don't know a breffy and I kind of <laughs> would be the people in our class to like still try and get you know, the sophomores at the time hype and engage, remind them about events, what's going on, um, just to try to really make sure that our community is sticking together and that we're strong and to remind everybody that like, hey, Igwe is a place that you can call home. Um, You know what I mean? But what was the other half of your question? Sorry, I forgot. What impact has it had on the black community as a whole? Oh, yeah. Um, I, I think, like I said, like Igwe is a safe space for us all. And so I think you know, sometimes I know going to meetings every single week for people sometimes is a little difficult or sometimes they're kind of like, oh, we have an ego meeting. But I feel like after you're there, you just kind of feel like a release. You know, I feel like a lot of my stress goes away after seeing everyone's like beautiful black faces. So I think mm-hmm. for the community, Igwe is a voice for us. Um, it's a safe space for us um, and it's a place where we can feel happy. Yeah, I agree. And as you know, it was my first year and I was going to the meetings, pretty much every meeting. I probably missed like two. Yeah, you no, you were good. You were one of the good yeah, ones. You came yeah. very frequently. I tried to make sure that me, Malik, Darius and, you know, my friends, we we came. But I believe Definitely. that those meetings were very enjoyable. We talked about current events, uh, several different topics. We had activities, learned about new artists if people mm-hmm. weren't aware. Like it was just a, a space where we had a time, as you pretty much said, to relax and just engage with people that we probably wouldn't have met otherwise due to exactly. having multiple courses you don't always see every black person every day so being in that exactly. in that specific facility able to speak to each other and also there were a lot of black students i used to see around and they didn't even come to the meetings and i'd be like why why yeah. are you guys not <laughs> here with us but no it's really important to make sure that that, that, that was one thing that i kind of didn't understand sometimes is i would see so many black people that i'd never see on campus but never in igwe and i kind of felt like like, you know, sometimes I would even go up to them and be like, hey, like, do you go to Igwe meetings? Because if you and some people would kind of be like, oh, I don't really know much about Igwe and like da 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 da, which was so crazy to me because I was like, what? Like, if I didn't have Igwe in my freshman year, oh, my gosh, <laughs> like, you know, it would have been 10 times harder for me. So, yeah. And, and that's yeah, I, the, you know, people come from different backgrounds. And as you said, you came from a predominantly white institution pretty much all your life. And for me, the yeah. same, but also with a lot of um, Filipinos at, at my 
high schools in American um, and elementary school. But mm-hmm. but when I came, I've always been inclined to try to meet people that are like me and, and wanting to share different experiences and just learn about my people. Right. So when I came to college and had the opportunity to join a black student union or or different uh, the LBBA and just represent my people, I was inclined to do it. But some people aren't. So, I mean, it, it is true. just how it is. But it's, it's definitely interesting and an opportunity to meet people like you and, and other professionals of all different ethnicities, yeah. because being in an organization like this, it shows that you want to speak up for your people. Exactly. And like, we need each other too. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like, as we kind of were talking about a little while ago, like, you know, our people are the people that are going to stick their neck out for you and that are going to help you and push you forward. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's really important to get to know those people that, you know, who in the future, you never know when you're going to need somebody's help. You know what I mean? You never know um kind of where anybody's going to be and so I think it's really important to establish these relationships and so in the future we can just be this amazing you know beautiful strong intelligent group of black alumni that help each other out exactly could you speak about some of the goals that Igwe has for the upcoming years in regards to student life relationships Mm -hmm. with the administration and the local community Mm -hmm. yeah um so um, sadly, I'm not on board anymore, but I'm still kind of like, <laughs> even though I'm not officially on board, you know, the co-chairs have let me know that um, I'm low-key still on board, <laughs> so, um, but which I love. But basically, over the years that I've been a part of Igwe, a lot of the goal has just been to unite the community and to kind of get our voices heard on campus because a lot of people do not have never heard of Igwe, have never heard of our club and not just other black students, but, you know, other white students, Asian students, Indian students, like a lot of people do not know that we even exist. And so um, that's kind of been one goal is to really kind of get our name out there. I would say kind of to help us because I think it kind of plays a little bit hand in hand with our main issue, which is with our relationship with the administration, because since, you know, a lot of the student body doesn't know who we are, the administration, I feel like isn't really, I guess inclined isn't the word I'm trying to think of, but the administration, we are not that big of a presence on campus where the administration feels like they need to have like, you know, a really solid relationship with us, you know, like, I feel like there's a lot of these other clubs like Into the Wild or like, um, ASG, I guess, even though, even though ASG is like, you know, student gov, but I just feel like they put a lot of other, or a lot of their time into a lot of other clubs on campus, um, kind of because of how like big of a deal they are. Um, and so I think one thing that we touched on in some of the last meetings that we had was just making sure that now, since we kind of have the administration's attention, that this becomes something that we utilize and make sure that we keep their attention. And so we kind of let them know, like, you know, we are expecting to have um, kind of continued conversation with you guys. Like, we want to make sure that we're checking in, you know, every couple of months on certain issues. You know, I think that we were kind of talking about having like a task force be made um, when dealing specifically with the one of the, the things that we brought up to them, which was, you know, their relationship with the police department and, you know, campus safety and like all of this. And so I would say that the main goals are obviously to establish a stronger relationship with administration and by doing so um, 
kind of communicating with them more frequently, letting them know what we need from them. And then also just, you know, becoming a bigger voice on campus so that more black students on campus know about us, more other other students of color know about us. And then also so then, you know, a lot of, you know, these incoming kids know that we are here because I even remember a lot of times when I would see kids touring campus, they would come up to me and they'd ask me, hey, like, do you guys have a black student union here? Like, I feel like I don't see anything about it. And like, da, 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 da. And I would just be so horrified because, you know, it's just like that probably turns so many kids away from Santa Clara because they just assume like, oh, there's 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 like what? It's three percent black people there. There's no way they have like a, you know, any type of opportunity for me. Um, so, yeah. So one of the prominent milestones that Igwe plans to reach is to establish a scholarship fund for black students. Uh, can you elaborate on the scholarship's purpose and the desires of the black community of SCU? Yeah, I, I think there there actually wasn't much talk that I had with um, people this year about, you know, this scholarship. But it is definitely something that I've always heard about, something that like we would talk about sometimes in passing. But I think establishing a scholarship for black students would be something that would help, you know, get more black kids to come to Santa Clara. Cause obviously Santa Clara does, I will say that they do do an amazing job when it comes to giving scholarships to, you know, their black students, because I think that they're aware that, you know, it's going to (laughs) take a little bit to convince, you know, black families to, to become a part of the Santa Clara community just because of how little resources there are here for us. But I think the scholarship would do an amazing job in kind of broadcasting to, you know, the, I guess, outside the community outside of our school that we are a thing that, you know, that we're trying to build ourselves up. And it's also just a great way to reward them, you know, because of all of the hard work that they've done, but then also because of the hardships that just kind of come with being at the school. Um, I'm not necessarily sure if the scholarship would be something that's for incoming students only or that would be for like a student that's already, you know, at Santa Clara. But I think hopefully, you know, in the future, as we grow and hopefully if we are able to get, you know, some more support, from the school and, and outside donors that it could be something that is given to, you know, both incoming students and students who are currently um, at the school. But but yeah. Yeah. And that's why I think it's important to use this platform that we now have to spread awareness about the scholarship fund and the plans for the black students. And as we both know, and we both touched on just that having an opportunity to speak with the administration and display and illustrate what it is that we desire, because closed mouths don't get fed right exactly (laughs) as long as we just continue to be persistent and push that message that these are the things we want and Mm -hmm. and how can we you know formula formulate a way to to make sure that these things get accomplished then i think that they will continue to to persist and flourish 100 percent, yeah so the black lives matter movement has shifted the tide in america and created much needed awareness about the effects of systemic racism and br- police brutality mm-hmm. how do you plan on embodying these efforts at santa clara university the workplace and beyond wow um you know i think 
it's really just continuing to be myself, honestly, <laughs> you know, to make sure to not let anybody dim my light, keep being loud and proud. As I said, I'm a very passionate individual. So when I see issues, I like to speak up about it. Um, I don't necessarily, you know, I don't want to say I don't care who whose feelings I hurt. But at the end of the day, you know, I don't. <laughs> um, I, I feel like it's my kind of duty to you know continue being a voice um for our community and to continue to inform people who aren't aware about a lot of the things that that we go through um so yeah i think i think this movement that's going on right now just gave me even more motivation um to continue doing what i'm doing and yeah i'm I don't know. Like, I, I don't necessarily know how long this whole thing is going to last. I really, really, really hope that it does last for a long time and that serious changes are made. But I feel like, you know, I like to look at things a little bit more realistically. And, you know, there is going to be a day where all of this Black Lives Matter that, you know, all these companies are trying to put out. Um, there's going to be a day when kind of a lot of that dies down and I think it's on me to make sure that I never let you know that movement die down obviously it's a part of me I'm a black woman I'm very passionate um, about my people and about what we go through um, so kind of just to when the world stays quiet about it to make sure that I'm never quiet about it um, you know no matter what happens so yeah yeah I think that's a great way to look at it I think you pretty much <laughs> I think you articulated that well. The if the world stays quiet about it, as long as we continue to make sure that our voices are are being acknowledged about yeah. what it is that we desire and how the environment is impacting us, then I think that's when changes will be made. And and I'm glad. I mean, I wouldn't say that I'm. Well, yeah, I'm glad that riots and, and looting and those types of things are happening because that way people know that we're serious. They, you're right? serious. Like, so, y'all, yeah. are y'all kidding for real? Like, this has been going on for too long. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, you know, I'm seeing all these companies trying to change their name to this. And, and you know, now they're they're making, what is it? Uh, what was it? Jersey Mike's is making the, the BLT, the Black Lives, I don't know, something sandwich. Really? It was it was ridiculous, and it's just kind of like a I, lot I of think the, stuff like that. That's silly, gimmicky type things. I don't really appreciate. I don't because I'm like it. I'm like you're trying to put on this front as as though like here's the issue with what a lot of these companies are doing is instead of calling themselves out for the part that they play in institutional and systemic racism, it's more of like oh well we we support Black Lives and and so we're gonna make this one time donation of ten thousand dollars to the NAACP or whatever and it's like okay that's amazing that's great use your money to help fund these organizations that are doing great things but also internally look at your company and you know look at your employees and see kind of what you can change in order to make the environment. A more comfortable place for black people and where black people can thrive because it's like they, all of these places are saying black lives matter which i think is it's amazing to have that support but it's like what are you truly doing you know and it's it's, it's the same that it applies to our university it's like you know we had great conversations with um you know father o'brien and a lot of the administration they were great they understood us they heard us out and you know they sent out emails you know they're 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 trying but it's like you know at the end of the day, kind of like 
you can only talk so much about, you know, oh, black people, this black people, this black lives. It's like you guys need to really take it upon yourself to to make to put it into action, you know, Mm. to really show us that black lives do matter, that your black students matter, you know. Um, So, yeah, it's interesting. It's very, very interesting to me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I think we touched on a lot of different different topics. So for the last three questions, they're actually mm-hmm. <laughs> not related to the other stuff at all. It's okay. So, so, the, <laughs> so the first question is, um, can you describe your ideal Saturday? Oh, interesting. My ideal Saturday. Wow. Okay. Um, well, I love food. <laughs> so I love to eat. And so, but I have been trying to, you know, implement a little bit of a workout routine since I'm here doing nothing. So my ideal Saturday would probably be me getting up, you know, doing a little bit of cardio or something. Because that's, I think cardio and abs is like my favorite type of workout. Um, And then, you know, taking a nice long shower, maybe a bath. <laughs> um, eating some good food and just relaxing and watching Grey's Anatomy because I just started and so I'm so yeah. hooked. Um, but yeah, I think that would be an ideal um, Saturday for me. Oh, also just like hanging out with my friends. Like I don't have any siblings, and so like you know, being an only child, being in the house all day by yourself, kind of sucks. Um, so it's definitely nice when I see my friends. I definitely look at my friends as my family. So. Having yeah. them around would be ideal. Yeah, that sounds like a wonderful Saturday. <laughs> so if you could only listen to one artist oh for God. the rest of your life, <laughs> who would it be and why? Okay, so everybody and their mom knows I'm obsessed with Roddy Rich. You know what I mean? <laughs> and everyone likes to make fun of me for it. But I just personally feel like I love him as an artist. You know, I feel like he's very different from a lot of rappers um in terms of the way that he kind of presents himself like i feel like he's not really you know all up in social media 24 7 you know he likes to call himself anti-social um, <laughs> and so and i like that about him i feel like when i watch interviews um you know that he does he's very articulate and he seems very passionate and so i love him as an artist um and i listen to him every single day probably wow. way more than i should <laughs> Um, but yeah, what was the other half of that question? That was it. Yeah, if you oh, could listen to it. one artist, who would it be? For the okay, rest of yeah, life. for the rest of my life. Yeah, definitely Roddy Rich. He makes bangers. Um, I'm waiting for him to drop more music because I'm getting kind of tired of the album because I literally listen to that album every single day. But anyways, <laughs> all right. So the last question is: If you could have dinner with any person, dead or alive, in history, <laughs> who would that be and why? Oh my God, that is such a hard question. The first place that my mind jumped was like my favorite celebrity or anybody that I just like love um, or follow on like Instagram. But when I really think about it, I think something that I've actually been needing to do in real life is I would probably choose to have dinner with my mentor because, you know, I recently um, got a mentor. She's a black OBGYN and she works at Kaiser and she's an amazing, like just one of the most strong women, you know what I mean? And she is obviously went down the path that I'm trying to go down and and I've had conversations with her and met her for like, you know, like little cafe, you know, um, talks, but I definitely would love to like go out to dinner with her and like talk and just pick her brain some more because she is such an amazing individual, somebody that I look up to because that where she is right now is where I want to be in my future. 
And um, I just think that she has so much knowledge to share with me and, you know, advice and encouragement because, you know, being a black person going into any type of higher education, but especially medicine is something that is a very, um, very difficult (laughs) A difficult experience and you definitely need a lot of support around you and so I would love to have dinner with her because she just impresses me so much but yeah <laughs> yeah that sounds awesome yeah. it sounds like it would be very informational and insightful to speak with someone like yeah. that and I'm glad you have a mentor to help I'm you out. so happy honestly I was so nervous to actually reach out to her because I was like oh what if she says no but um, she was so like, you know, open to it. And she was like, I would love to be your mentor. Like, I will help you out. She was telling me that um, she was going to try and connect me with, you know, other doc- other black doctors in Los Angeles um, because she's like, I know you're interested in obstetrics, but you still need to like, you know, meet other people, like pr- probably like shadow them, see what they're doing. And so she has honestly just been um amazing and I definitely need to talk to her because I haven't spoken with her in in a little bit since everything's been going on but but yeah well thank you for coming on to the Voices of Santa Clara podcast we appreciate your insights of course thank you for having me awesome all right well that concludes the podcast uh thank you audience for listening